Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Lou Charles and we're so glad she can join us. But before we begin, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunities that you presented to us, Lord, to learn more about you, Lord, and your character, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you constantly provide for all of our needs, Lord, and that you provide for in overabundance, Lord, meaning that you don't slack, Lord, and you don't leave us to scrape for it, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that you've given us your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, to be our pattern and example on how we're supposed to live out your will in this earth, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we begin our study of the book of Hebrews. And before we get into the word, though, just a few things I want to share with each of you to just, uh, I'll say, help facilitate this this study and the reason for this study. So the reason Hebrews is selected is because the Lord commanded us, asked us, you know, directed us to do a study in the book of Hebrews. And what he shared, his thought process and reasoning why, was to continue the work begun in our, well, the study we did prior to this in Ephesians. And in Ephesians, it was a, what the Lord is doing there was getting everything in the, into divine order and alignment. And by everything, I mean his body, his church, and ultimately his bride. The, I'll say the Lord's warriors, that he is building up his end time army for this end time harvest. And then he was he directed us to continue in the book of Hebrews because in Hebrews, Yes, there is the superiority of Christ that is revealed, but what the Lord was saying was, this is where my people are going to learn faith. They're going to grow in their faith so they can become the warriors that he needs and desires in his end time army. The, the ones, if you will, are comparable to David's mighty men. We have to be in direct alignment and walking in faith actively participating, engaging our faith to go out and do the great exploits and fight the Lord's battles that he is directing his army, his end time army to do. So just a little bit of background as to why we're getting into that. Now, in the book of Hebrews, which is, you know, just the manifold wisdom of the Lord here, the book of Hebrews was written approximately four years, if you will, after the letter to the Ephesians. So that puts it, the epistle to the Hebrews written about 68 AD, right? And two years prior to the destruction of the the temple, the second temple, Mm -hmm. approximately two years. So there will be things referenced in Hebrews, uh, you know, in relation to the Old Testament, such as um, the high priest and the sacrifices and, and things of that nature, mentioned but I, I love this about the Lord when he you know he always does things and gives us insight and gives us his revelation and guides us prior to when things are actually needed 
But even in that, just the, if we can acknowledge that what is being written about was definitely a testing of faith and what was to come, mm-hmm. right? And now we're looking back, if you will, in hindsight, right, with the, the things that the Lord's revealing. But he was preparing the people in this to exercise their faith and the ex- and the faith has to be put not in the not in a temple not in a brick and mortar structure mm-hmm. not in people or in a man-made structure for any church or congregation or assembly that you are a part of but in the Lord's divine structure order and plan his will his covenant that he is doing and moving throughout the earth amen 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 all right so all that being said, let's get into the word, shall we? And could I get a volunteer to read from Hebrews chapter 1, just the first four verses? I will. All right, Layla. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Amen. (laughs) So, as is our custom, we're going to open the floor at this time and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you might have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, LaCharles. Well, the Lord was um, pointing out to me verse 4 where it says that um, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Um, we know from previous studies that Jesus and mankind was originally above the angels inside the hierarchy that the Lord set up inside of the garden. But then once Adam sinned, man fell below them, slightly below. And what the Lord was revealing to me was that all we see, um, what Paul is talking about here, he's talking about how Jesus was able to essentially earn back all the things that have been lost from humanity and what we, um, Adam had given away. And he's pointing out all the ways that he did it. And the most, in the, main one being sin um inside of life and as christians we understand that we are to avoid sin but really the consequences don't really uh we don't understand it in full we just think that it's bad and that's why you shouldn't be doing it that's how we leave it and then we caveat it by saying well we can classify the sin as big or little and then we give ourselves excuses on why we're continuing to act in certain manners. But we see here that he's talking about all sin. It didn't say Jesus just dealt with the big ones like lying and murdering and all these other things, but you continue doing your own sin. It's that he dealt with all of it. And we have to understand that since he has already dealt with all of it, meaning that we don't have to struggle inside of it, which is something very important. Um, we see the angels inside of heaven. They don't struggle um, with sinning or not. They made their decision and they abide by it. But as humans, we want to try to rescind our opinion or what we think and try to give God our, the green light for one second, but then take it back the next. But we are to be consistent and fitting for the inheritance that the Lord has given us. Amen. Amen. 
I love that you said that, sir. And, right, let's, I'll say build upon that. Because the other thing that's happening here, right? Notice how this epistle is different from any other epistle that Paul is writing, especially in his introduction. Usually he says, gives some kind of bona fides. I am either a bondservant or apostle by the will of God, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And this one, he just addresses it specifically. Well, I mean, he's is addressed, addressed to the Hebrews, but he's just stating, hey, the Lord has spoken to us at various times and in various ways, right? But he's already kind of immediately doing two things. He's preparing you or in, instructing the the Hebrews, right? So the the Jews of the day at that time, right? That there is a change that has happened, right? And then he goes on to further state that, yes, while he's still also, well, he's spoken to us in times past, right, in the fathers by the prophets. He's not saying that's done away with, but he's saying in these last days, right, recently, this is the shift. He's spoken to us through Christ. This is the, if you will, the change. But the change is also the consistent because Jesus has always spoken to the fathers through the prophets, right? Yes. And then he, he as we continue, he will begin to lay out and, and for us to see Jesus in the Old Testament and all the different ways and times. And he begins to also to, again, encourage them to build up their faith. Let's, let's acknowledge this was written again to the Hebrews, to the Jews of the day, as well as the Gentiles, but primarily about a people that has not believed in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he's trying to have them if you will see past the traditions, the deeply held beliefs of it's always going to be a certain way and I don't have to change because this is the way we've always done it in the past. The things that have become, I'll say religion and religious, the religious thinking and mindsets of the day to actually see what the Lord has done in in his redemptive work on the crosses, reconciling, the nations and the, the world to himself, but also um, for us today, right? And yes. what's required of us today. So there's an uprooting that must occur from even some very deeply held beliefs to be able to not just see what the Lord is doing, not just understand what the Lord is doing, but again, going back to what the Lord was teaching in Ephesians and wants his body to see at this time and in this season, how to move forward in his divine direct alignment and order with his plan, his will, his purpose, and his covenant, which is I will be your God and you will be my people. So we can choose to enter into that, right? To believe, to have faith, which is what we're, why we're, called to go into Hebrews, right, and study this this epistle out, this letter out at this time in this season. Okay? So, so 
So there's there's much more in there, and it it's and still we're just scratching the surface, right? But this is the the groundwork, <laughs> the foundational aspect to to this epistle. Alila, you had something to share. Yes, tying into what you were talking about, um, how the sometimes we get caught in the 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 religious and the and you know things like that and being stuck in thinking this is the way things are going to always be and about what you said la charles when you brought up verse four about jesus inheriting um a more excellent name than the angels and just to look at that for a moment you see when jesus in his natural ministry here on the earth and he spoke to the disciples and he told them that they had asked nothing in his name at that point they would he showed them how to pray our father who art in heaven at that point that was the only uh you know spiritual connection to the father that was there it was our father they prayed in that manner but when jesus came now we have the in jesus name amen we plead the blood of jesus we we see that because it contains the supreme authority that's the excellent name that was inherited that jesus got from the father and we see in revelation that he has the the name of the father on his forehead and on his right thigh as well so we see that that more that more excellent name than the angels because we don't pray to angels we don't say in the name of great gabriel get behind me satan or in the name of michael get behind me satan it's always in the name of jesus because that's where the authority and the power is that's where we have legal claim and access to all that he's unlocked for us um, from the father and that's why we're able to why and how we're able to receive it so it's also highlighting that there isn't another way to get to the father you're not going to blaze your own path and think it's going to work out for you jesus said he was the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through him so if we want access to the father genuine access to him not trying to you know manipulate him to do ungodly things because there's no doing that but we want that relationship with the father we have to go through jesus because he is the door there's no other way around those that come in the back door or through the window or through the roof are thieves and liars. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey, honey. Oh, amen. Oh, go ahead. You can say what you want to say. Well, I'll, I'll speak. So I was going to say this, that let's also recognize that Paul is coming into, well, he's come into alignment agreement, right? The Lord clearly taught him. But what was written about in Luke concerning Jesus, right? And Luke gives both the the chronological and geographical order of the sequence of events that happened during Jesus's earthly ministry, right? Yes. yes. As a man. So he writes in Luke 1, in verse 35, about when, I'll say, Jesus's earthly mother was informed that she is with child. Verse 35, uh, Luke 1, 35 says this, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And in John three, sixteen, right? It talks about his part of his mission. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Right? And then he continues, says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved, which is what Paul is getting at here in these first four verses of Hebrews. And then, yes, as we continue, actually, Paul spends the first two chapters of Hebrews pointing specifically throughout, and he walks, begins to walk them through the entirety of, I'll say, the law and the prophets, right? What we would know as the Old or Older Testament, right? Yes. So the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the Pentateuch, and the rest of the major and minor prophets, right? The rest of the writings of the prophets. So beginning to point out all the different ways that the entirety of Scripture at that time, because well, they had the Old Testament, the, the Law and the Prophets, right? All of it was pointing and talking about Jesus the entire time, right? Yes. So that they could believe, so that their faith could be built up. Amen. And I, I like what you said about about that and just that the the Jews needed to understand that Jesus it wasn't just pointing to him as though he was a stranger that was going to appear on the scene later on but that he was always in their history. Amen. They just didn't recognize him and because he was hidden during that time uh, like he told um Samuel's mother and father, why do you ask my name? Seeing is wonderful. It's a secret, basically, is what he told them. And so they were used to having experience with him, but just in a different way. But they didn't know him in the direct way that they, that um, as he addressed in the beginning of it, that before the Lord spoke through prophets, right, dimly Amen. through a mirror, but then he wanted to speak with them face to face. So he was just articulating, he's always been here. He's always been a part of your life and your history and what you believe, you just didn't recognize him. Let me show you and introduce you to the direct contact that he's always wanted to have with you, that he's been having, and mm-hmm. now how it's transitioned to him appearing before you. In the flesh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anyone else? I do have something very quickly that the Lord was sharing with me is also that we see here that he's referring to um, where he says that um, verse three, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. And I'll stop there. We know that he's referring to the father. Yes. And he's also referring to the son. That's how we should be in our own lives. Meaning that we shouldn't be looking like ourselves um, in the regard that when they look at me, they see me doing what I want to do, and that's all they can see, and it's just in their face. But we should be looking like um, Jesus looked, who looked like the Father. Meaning that with Jesus, you could barely tell that he was separate from the Father in the regard that he wasn't doing what he wanted to do. And most times, I know for me, I can tell people apart by how they walk and how they act. They have a certain style to them. But Mm -hmm. that should not be us as Christians. We shouldn't be trying to stand out and be different from Jesus. We should be looking to conform to his image. Amen. 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 You know, I'm glad you brought that up because Jesus addressed that himself in his own ministry, right? Yes. Uh, In John 5, he's talking in verse 17. He says, he answers the, the Jews, right? And it says, uh, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. But he continues in verse 19 and says, I say, most surely I say to you, the son could do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. 
and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. And actually it continues all the way through until the end of chapter five, where he then asks or makes a statement. He says, but if you do not believe his writings, talking about Moses' writings, who heard from the Lord himself, right? Yes. He says, if you don't believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Saying, look, they're one and the same. So there's an urgency that we must get with this. So yes, there's an understanding that the words that Jesus spoke are the same words that Moses wrote. All right? There's no difference there. That is who they came from. And, which is why the scripture tells us that he holds his word above his very name. All right? But also for us today, understanding who Jesus is so we can come into that alignment, but also so that our faith can grow as we receive and hear his words, both written, as we just read about, but those that he spoke and and speaking, because he's still speaking today. So there's a lot in there, I know. So let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this time and the word this morning, Lord. We thank you for the revelation and the wisdom that you've imparted to us, God. Continue to guide us into all truth and show us things to come, and we invite the Holy Spirit into our day, Lord. And we just thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.